Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. You heard the music. That means the Spartans, Wolverines, and Beards are back. We are a little later this week. Had some personal matters that we needed to attend to earlier this week, so we apologize for the lateness of this podcast. But nevertheless, we are here, and we got the goods this week. We got the goods. We got the goodies. So, just before we get into all this, please, since you're here, obviously, you already know about us, but share us, uh, get our help, get us out there a little bit further with our social media stuff, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, Spartans, Wolverines, Beards, just give us a like, a share, follow, all that, it, we appreciate it, uh, and then whatever platform you're on, hit that subscribe button and hit the, give us those five stars, we appreciate that as well, and then again, watershed voice thank you to them for helping us and partnering with them if you do not know about the watershed voice please give them a look it's a great resource for local information no matter what you're looking for if you're looking for sports if you're looking for politics if you're looking for stuff with the economy if you're just looking for anything with your local community watershed voice is a place to go they're an excellent resource for all of that stuff so just real quick, we're gonna I'll touch on kind of what we're gonna go over here, and then I'm gonna toss it to Lane for our news, and then we'll dive right into everything. So first of all, we will recap uh, the national championship game that was Monday, probably just briefly. Uh, we'll touch quickly on recent news out of the NFL, a couple of things happening, and then get into the matchups from the high school football playoffs that resumed last week. Couple big games, couple good results. So we will touch on that and kind of preview next week. Well, I guess by the time you listen to this, it may be game time because uh, one of the teams plays tomorrow. And then we will finish the pod up with my interpretation of the Jim Harbaugh saga and the coaching contract and everything that has happened since that has the extension has been signed so that'll be the what we wrap it with i told we told you guys last time that we were going to wait and talk about any of that until we had all the details and it sounds like we have everything now so i think i feel comfortable giving my opinion we'll get some reactions from lane and then my thoughts on where they go with the rest of the staff shake up and push the future so, Lane, did you have anything else you want to touch on, or do you want to dive right into our news? No, man, I, I think I'm ready to uh, just dive right into the news for, for I guess, the week. Um, the real big breaking news that broke today, if you are a Detroit Lions fan and if you have been following the general manager search, uh, we have a new general manager in Detroit, and that is Rams, or L.A. Rams' Brad Holmes. Uh, he was the director of college scouting for the Rams for the past couple years. Uh, he's been with that organization since 2003. Uh, really kind of worked his way up through the ranks. Uh, he started as like an intern, and then he's kind of just progressively gotten involved with the program. And really in the past 10 years, um, he's really been in charge of more of the scouting aspect, which if you are paying attention to the NFL and you see the bevy of talent that the Rams have and also the amount of talent they get in like the mid to later rounds. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I think he's been compared to a young Ozzie Newsom, which if you're familiar with Baltimore Ravens, helped bring in Ray Lewis, helped bring in that loaded just team with Ed Reed and all that. Ozzie Newsom was big for them. I I'm not going to compare him to Ozzie Newsome just yet, but um, I think with the kind of the drawn out search that we've had for the Lions, I think Sheila Ford Hamp and Rod Wood um, have really fulfilled their promise of that they're going to do their due diligence and they're going to exhaust every option. Um, he's young, he's excited. Um, I looked for a quote here that had me pretty pumped. I think, I think he said something like he wants to really get some maulers or something like that along those lines in Detroit. Um, so I think you're going to see an oper- something happen where in drafts you're not going to get an Eric Ebron and Aaron Donald's going to pass you. I think we're going to be getting guys, if the talent's there, you're going to get the guys. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I think in a draft like you have this year with as little draft pick as you already have, um, 
I think Brad Holmes could very much capitalize on limited availability that we have, and we'll we'll see from there. Uh, the next real big step for the Lions, of course, it, course, is the head coaching hire, which I would anticipate you're probably going to find out about in the next couple weeks. Um, they've also really changed their uh, their coaching outlook right now. I mean, Doug Peterson. Just got fired from the Eagles, so there's a rumor that they're going to talk to them. I mean, Todd Bowles, they're waiting to interview, I think, tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of guys that they're interviewing in Detroit, and I think they're exhausting every option, and I think they should. Um, speaking of coaching hires, we're going to transition a little bit to some new news. Uh, it sounds like Urban Meyer, by all intents and purposes, will be the uh, – Head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry about that, guys. I was just reading some breaking news that just came across my phone, which will impact a later segment. Um, but Urban is rumored to be in Jacksonville right now. He is photographed on the tarmac. Um, I think that's a very interesting and intriguing hire for Jacksonville, especially if the rumor is it's a 10 year deal. Um, I think you have to look at Justin Fields at one now. I know you and I, Jordan, have really talked about it, but I think I think it definitely spices up the draft a little bit. What uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I I don't think it does at all, to be honest with you. I mean, Justin Fields, while he had a great performance against Clemson in the semifinal game, I think it it doesn't do anything for me. I still think Trevor. You take Trevor at one. I think he's a generational talent, whereas I think Fields has some glaring holes still in his game. Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I, 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 Trevor, I think Trevor's more than versatile enough to do the kind of things that urban wants to do offensively. And I, I just think you're foolish if you pass on that. So, and I guess the real question would be is with urban being an NFL coach and the AFC, they would be the East. It's crazy as that is. <laughs> How, or actually, no, they're the South. Excuse me. They're the South. The East is never mind. So the AFC South, do you think he could turn around the Jags? I mean, they have a ton of cap space. They've got some decent talent there. They've got the number one pick. Don't they have a boatload of picks this year? I think 10. Yeah, so I mean, absolutely. I think within a year or two, you could see this team in the playoffs. You heard it here. If – if Trevor is what we think he is. Which, by everything, they're comparing him to Andrew Luck coming out of college. Maybe even a little more athletic. Yeah, I think he's even more athletic than Luck, yeah. Correct. So, I mean, there's a lot of variables that come into it. But I think with what he's being set up with, talent-wise, and then, like we said, with all the cap space and the draft picks, absolutely. I think they could be contending in a year or two. And that's, that's interesting, man. I, I think Urban's – it's going to be an interesting thing. I think it's going to be a lot like a – a Cliff Kingsbury kind of thing. You're not too sure what that offense is going to look like, but I think it's things be fast paced, and I think it's going to be fun for for that division. Um, which also means if we're getting to that point where we're talking about head coaching hires, which means we're going to be in mock draft season, so we'll be, I'm sure we'll be fiddling around with those in the next couple of weeks, and you'll probably see one or two out there as we progress through the off season and kind of see where we go. Um. Yeah. So then I guess the other part of news is the Monday night national title game. The Alabama Crimson Tide put an absolute clinic on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Mac Jones had an absolute lights out game, which was his last game for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He declared for the draft today. Uh, and Devonta uh, Smith, also proving why he was the Heisman winner to first wide receiver to win it since 1991. 12 receptions, 23 touchdowns. I know a lot of Lions fans were wanting to see him at seven, but, man, after that performance, after the season, I don't think you see him there. I think you see him go to Miami at three. It's possible. That dude is so dynamic. I mean, it's like he's the best player on the field. Everybody knows he's the best player on the field, and yet he's still running wide open. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's craziness. And I mean, the thing that you're here most people saying, well, what about his size? What about his size? Can you imagine if it doesn't matter? Like 15 to 20 pounds of muscle with that apple. But like really, it doesn't it doesn't matter, in my opinion. I mean, the, the game has changed so much where it's about getting athletes in space with the ball. And like you're not 
it's not the same style of offense anymore. These dudes aren't taking the hits that they that they would normally take in the past. And you're not asking wide receivers to stock block down the field 15 to 20 yards. I mean, it's just the game's just so different. I don't think his size is going to matter one bit. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, case in point, you look at Tyree Kill out of Kansas City. I mean, he's yeah, he's the most dynamic player in the game. And he's what five nine, something like that. If if that if, and he's like a buck seventy five. So I mean. There's absolutely no reason that Devonta can't be that exact same type of player. It's, I don't know, man. This this Alabama team this year, I mean, played a full season, 13 games in the COVID era. Uh, did go over some some adversity with head coaching stuff with Saban. Um, looking forward, do you do you think Nick Saban goes out now, or do you think he uh, do you think he hangs around for a couple more years? So I put a tweet out there during the right before the national championship game started that my prediction was that Alabama would roll this game, which they did, and then Saban would announce his retirement. Um, well, that's, that hasn't happened yet, and every day that goes by, I feel like it's less likely. But it just makes a whole lot of sense in my mind. I mean, you could. There's always the people out there that would argue that he's not the greatest coach of all time before this because you know he had the same amount of titles as bear bryant and you know it this that and the other thing well now he's got more titles than anybody he's done it in an era where you have to win the games not be voted to win the games his team is just a rolling death machine i mean i saw we saw the tweet out there somebody said that nick saban has reached the point in ncaa football where your dynasty's so good that you just quit and start with a new team because it's too easy like and that's that's literally what it is mm-hmm. so like and in my opinion, this Alabama team we just watched this year is a top three best team of all time anywhere, ever. Like with the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, with last year's LSU team, I, this Bama team might be better than all of them. So why not go out on the absolute top of the mountain? Mm-hmm. So don't be shocked, but I, I mean, I, I think, I, I guess I'd be shocked either way. I'd be shocked if he doesn't, shocked if he does, but I, it just wouldn't surprise me. I mean, me. really at this point, it, it, like you said, it's like that tweet had said, like, what are, what are you playing for at this point? Like you're, you're what else does he have to prove? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. You have nothing to prove. I mean, maybe to prove that I have a team that gets absolutely gutted this year in the draft to maybe turn around and see how they play again next year. Maybe. But even then, I I mean, yeah, I don't think he has anything more to play for. I mean, I think probably on behalf of the entire college football community, we're hoping the man retires because we're tired of the same, you know, three teams making the playoffs every year. But that's just me. Yeah, we'll see, I guess. But Bama rolled like I thought. And, I mean, it's business as usual. Yeah, Bama going to Bama, man. Yeah. So I think probably good with our opening – News segment here, you think, or should we? Do you got anything else you need to touch? No, on? I think we're good, man. I think we're ready to roll. All right, so we will take a short little break, and then we will be right back. I believe we are going to do college basketball next. Yes, sir. Okay, everybody, we are. Back after a quick little break, and Jordan, are you ready to talk some uh, college basketball? Oh, I am. I'm ready. All right, I'm jacked. I got stats. I got tidbits. I got trivia times. I got everything. He's got stats on stats on stats. I'm ready to roll. So, the last time we spoke was on the fifth. Um, since that time, there has been some. Some shakeup in the college basketball world in the state of Michigan. So let's start with Michigan State, um, since I think that's the more newsworthy spot right now. So going backwards, let's recap last what happened last week since last time we talked. Tuesday night while we were recording, they were getting ready to play Rutgers and ran Rutgers out of the gym, 68-45 in convincing fashion. I mean, it was a – an abysmal display of offense by Rutgers and a pretty bad display of offense by Michigan State. But when you hold a team to 45 points, it's it looks all right when you win by 23. So that led the question to people like, okay, maybe this team's found it. They found their defensive swagger, and then maybe they'll just get into locking teams down, and the offense can just kind of spread its legs and go a little bit. Well, then you turn around. 
three days later, and they get beat by Purdue 55-54 at home in a game that they were up 17, I think it was, at one point Mm -hmm. in the second half. So it's like this team is just – they're confounding, and that's a big word for me, but – like I, I literally just don't know what I'm watching with this team. It is not a Michigan State basketball team that you're used to seeing. No. And now you throw on top of it. Now they're having COVID issues. They shut the program down. That the game tonight against Iowa has been postponed. They just announced that the game Sunday against Indiana has been postponed. And they say postponed because the Big Ten did build in windows to potentially make these games up. But if they don't get these games made up. They're looking. They're going to be struggling to make the tournament. I mean, as of as it sits right now, looking at Ken Palm and the net rankings. So Ken Palm, when they do, for those of you that don't know, if you follow college basketball, Ken Palm's where you need to be for all the analytics stuff. They he he's the best. KenPalm.com. It's free. It's amazing. So Michigan State's right now six sits forty third on Ken Palm. The only caveat to that is they build in preseason expectation numbers into each team and those drop off at some point now obviously with COVID season I don't know when those drop off but it's going to be soon so right now they sit 43rd on Ken Palm so that's within the field on that ranking now the unfortunate part about that is the selection committee which is who matters in the NCAA tournament selection doesn't look at Ken Palm it's part of their ratio, but that's not the main factor. They have what's called the net rankings, which is an NCAA algorithm that figures out rankings of team based on all tons of different things. And Lane, take a stab where you think Michigan State falls in the net rankings. And I will help you out that there are 300 and – oh, it's stuck. No, go back up, go back up. 330-something. I can't get to the bottom. 345 – teams in the net ranking where do you think michigan state falls right now 97 close they are 86 okay. right now in the net ranking so they sit at eight and four two and two uh two and two in road games six and two at home they have no quadrant one wins they're oh and three there so quadrant one is it's so it's top 30 teams at home top 50 teams on the road, top 75 teams in a neutral floor or something like that. So they have no wins against those teams. They're 2-1 and one in quad 2, 2-0 two and oh in quad 3, and 4-0 and oh in quad 4. That is not a resume that gets you in the tournament. No. They, now, the best part about this is the Big Ten does afford you some situations to get a lot of quad 1 wins very, very quickly. Because if we just scroll to the top, of the net rankings, and look, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams in the top 40 of the net. So you have eight teams right now that would be a quad one win on the road if you take in, in the Big Ten schedule. So The opportunities are there, but with COVID, Michigan State's got to get right quick or they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, pretty quickly. (laughs) So, and this is how I kind of dropped this on you before we started recording, but for any any of you that follow college basketball, you know that, you know, Michigan State's struggling. Duke is struggling. Kentucky is just terrible. And North Carolina's struggling. And right now... The way it's the way it's playing out, and the way it's looking, it's it's there's a potential that all four of those teams cannot make the NCAA tournament field this year. Which is just a little step. Yeah, just a little, and so just to prove how insane that is, since the field expanded to sixty four teams, it has never happened that all four of those teams did not make the tournament. Never since the field expanded to sixty four teams, and I don't remember what year that was, but. So that's that's insane. And with the Big Ten schedule, it's make or break for Michigan State. They need to get healthy and they need to start winning, or it's going to be a tough year in East Lansing. So I think 
I've said all I can say about <laughs> Michigan State. <laughs> You've talked enough about Sparty, haven't you? I mean, it's just it's bad right it now. Is. There's no there's no sugarcoating it. There's no other way to say it. It's it's bad right now. It is, and it and it. I mean, like you and I have talked about. I mean, and we talked about, I believe, last week, where we said, you know, it home court advantage and and stuff like that. You know, that does play into the situation, and maybe they're a victim of that. But at the same time, I don't think so. I think you're just seeing a a result of a team that was heavily reliant on Xavier Tillman and Cassius Winston for the past two, three years. Um, I think they're still trying to find their identity now. I mean, they could be, they very well could sneak into like a, a 10 or 11 seed or something like that in attorney. And they probably won't go anywhere, but it, like you said, it's just, it's bad for Michigan state basketball right now. Now you add COVID on top of it with an already pretty bubble friendly team or schedule right now. It's, it's, it's not, it's tough sledding in East Lansing right now, man. Absolutely. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum right now because the Michigan basketball team is doing the exact opposite of what Michigan State is doing in basketball right You now. guys are a basketball school. <laughs> I think we can we, – that's almost the point where you can officially say that right now. Um, so since we last talked, Michigan played Minnesota at home and they dominated from the tip. They won 82-57. Hunter Dickinson had like 28 points. It wasn't it, the game wasn't close. This Michigan team put the claps on defense, and they just continued to be versatile and score from every every spot on the floor. They're knocking down threes. They're getting to the basket. They're they're just everything that Jawan every button Jawan Howard's pushing right now is working. So you know that was the talking point for everything with Michigan was you know that put them at 10 and 0, and everybody's like, well, they really haven't played anybody good yet. You know, the teams they've all played have been kind of just decent. Well, then that set up what happened Tuesday night where Wisconsin, who was ranked in the top 10 and was a lot of teams picked to win the conference this year, came into Ann Arbor and got absolutely murdered. Um, (laughs) At one point, Michigan was winning this game by 40. 4-0. I've never in my life watched a, a Michigan basketball team do that to a West, what they did to Wisconsin ever. They put them in a box and you could just see every single player on Wisconsin was absolutely defeated. Every shot they took, they had no confidence it was going to go in. If they got a look, it wasn't a good look. I mean, this team, Michigan right now is playing so loose. They're playing so freely. And it's one of one of my friends made the comment when we were talking about it. He's like, this team understands who they are. There's not a single player on this team right now that's playing for me. They're all playing for each other. And that's something that every coach in basketball wants. And it's hard to get, especially in college. Because mm-hmm. you have so many guys that just want to get to the league. A guy like Isaiah Livers is the epitome of what every college basketball coach wants. This is a dude who is supremely talented has definite NBA potential, didn't go last year, trying to come back to better his draft stock, and is probably, I mean, he's the team's captain. It's arguable if he's their best player or not. But this dude is locking up on defense, diving for loose balls, running down balls, going out of bounds, up 30 in the second half. Like, it's just everything you want to see about a basketball team, this Michigan team is doing right now. And it's... It's just impressive. You know who this this Michigan team, I'm going to throw an NBA comparison to, and, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is a lot like the Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, Spurs-esque team, that there is no one player that, like you said, that's going to come out and drop, expected to drop 40 a night. It's the team. They're locking down defenders. They're, they're just – they're just a tough team to play. And I mean, hats off to Juwan Howard for absolutely killing it right now in Ann Arbor. Yeah. I think Greg Gard said it best after the game, after that Wisconsin game, he said that it's one thing to watch Michigan on film and understand what they can do. It's a completely another thing to step on the floor and watch them do it for 40 minutes. He said the way they can, the way they just disrupt everything defensively, it's, 
it's really a thing of beauty to watch. I mean, we talked about Ken Palm numbers with Michigan State, and the reason I love Ken Palm is because they have adjusted offense, defense. I mean, he has all kinds of stats on here. So right now, Michigan sits number four at Ken Palm, number three in the net. So, I mean, those are what would equivalent to a number one seed in the tournament right now. The thing about Michigan this year that is so impressive is if you look at Ken Palm's adjusted offensive efficiency, Michigan ranks ranks sixth, which is extremely good. Normally, with these teams in college basketball, there's a yin and a yang. You're either really good on offense and you lack a little on defense, or you're really good on defense and you lack a little on offense. The, the, the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde of this is Iowa and Virginia. Virginia is usually a number one, two team on defense, struggles on offense. Iowa's the opposite, top three team offensively, and they're terrible on defense. Michigan is sixth on offense and 10th on defense. That is impressive. To be that efficient offensively and that efficient defensively means that you are just, I mean, and you know, this is, it's, it's a lot right now. And obviously they're going to lose games and the big 10 schedule is we talked about it with Michigan state. There's so many opportunities for Michigan state to rebound. There's just as many opportunities for Michigan to stumble. Mm-hmm. but with, with how they're playing right now, you can't help but be excited. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm actually looking at Ken Palm right now. Yeah. I mean, if you look at like, look at Iowa sits at number three in Ken Palm right now, they're second in offense and 72nd in defense for a comparison. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just impressive what this team has done. Now they have a game Saturday that kind of worries me, to be completely honest, because you're playing a Minnesota team that you just beat at home pretty handily. But it's a short turnaround, so they just saw you. And in college basketball, when you have those quick turnarounds with teams, they know the scout. I mean, it's hard to make adjustments. So that's a tough game. you got to go on the road against a good Minnesota team. But if they get that game – their schedule sits up for them to be, what, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16 and 0 going into a game of Michigan yeah. State. That's, I mean, that's huge. The front, half of, the front half of their Big Ten schedule is softer than the back half because the back half, they've got Illinois, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Ohio State, and Iowa all piled in that back half of their schedule. So this Michigan team has pushed. I mean, everything's working right now. It's all clicking. I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It really is. I, I like your Spurs analogy. The only thing I would throw in with it is the fact that I think they've got a little bit of the Steve Nash Phoenix Suns in them. Okay. So you take the Spurs where it's not any one guy doing it, where everybody's contributing, and they're locking down on deep, but then you take the the run and gun and get it down the floor, and so many different guys can beat you and they can score – 100 points just like that. Now, obviously, right. the college game a little different. So, 85-90 is good in college. But they're doing that. They're getting out in transition. They're leading the Big Ten and block shots per game. I mean, this team is just so good on so many different levels right now. And it's it's going to – it's let's just hope it's a fun well, I, We're recording, I mean, January 14th. And this is a team of – I mean, if they can stay healthy, they can avoid the cove and they can vo- avoid the Rona and just keep pushing through. I mean, this could be a team that really makes some noise in March. I mean, yeah, it, all the national people say right now it's Gonzaga and Baylor and then everybody else. Like that's what it, the talking point has been all year. You're starting to hear the people say, well, it's Gonzaga and Baylor and Michigan's creeping on yep. that line. And Texas is creeping on that line. And Villanova's creeping on that line. So now Michigan's being mentioned in that first-tier group now, and that in itself is an accomplishment for a second-year coach, yeah, Jawan Howard. Yeah, very much so. And I know you and I were – when we they announced the hire, you and I were kind of like, ah, how's it going to pan out? You know, is it going to really work? And, I mean, kudos to you, man, because you were, you were very much excited for the hire and very much thinking that he could really take this team to another level. And it, it looks like it's happening already in year two. So, I mean, as a state fan – uncomfortable to say that but i think michigan right now is is ruling the state for basketball so and they have the number one recruiting class yeah, signed right exactly. now exactly so yeah there's the other side of it that that dude can recruit yeah so 
Uh, yeah, Saturday is going to be an interesting one for Michigan. Like I said, got to go to Minnesota. Very winnable game, but, you know, road games are never easy, even with no fans. So, fun times in Ann Arbor right now. Some depressing times in East Lansing. A lot of season to go and a lot of movement to be had. But the Wolverines have got to be – got to be – they've definitely turned some heads and they're everybody's talking point. Yeah, right very now. much so, man. All right, so I think unless you've got some more you want to talk about with college basketball, let's take a quick break and then we can do the high school. Yeah, let's roll in some high school football. All right, everybody, welcome back from our non-commercial break. Um, We are going to get into the high school football recap here in St. Joe County. Uh, Two games that we previewed for you, the Constantine Falcons, Centerville Bulldogs. Um, both played last Saturday, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, so let's, let's start out with the division, the, the higher, the bigger school. So we'll go with Constantine. Uh, the Falcons took on Michigan center and came away with a pretty convincing win. 33, 14, uh, pushing them into the semifinals. Uh, this is from, I mean, I didn't get any of the stat line. I believe Lane probably has some numbers for you. But it looked like another dominant Constantine win. Yeah, absolutely, Jordan. I mean, you and I, you and I back in November when we were still having high school football said the Falcons are going to Falcon. And that's exactly what they did against Michigan Center. Um, gained a 469 rushing yards to Michigan Center's 47. Ooh, yeah. Uh, Braden Clark really led the way uh, with 196 yards on 25 attempts and two touchdowns. So, I mean, if they can continue that going into this weekend, uh, watch out Clinton because Constantine looks like a, a pretty nasty team right now. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, you know what? While we're there, let's just stay right on it. and We'll preview next week for them, and then we'll touch on Centerville. Sound good? Perfect. So, you mentioned Clinton. That's who Constantine will face this week. Uh, I didn't see where that game was at. I believe it's Clinton High School, I believe. Oh, it is. Okay, so it's a home mm-hmm. game for them. Mm-hmm. So, you got a Clinton team that's 9-1. and one. Their lone loss coming to a Blissfield team, 28-14, who they turned around and beat in the playoffs. Um, everything I look at with this team kind of looks like they haven't played a ton of higher-end teams, a lot of the local schools, the Dundies, the Onsteads, the Hillsdales, nothing nothing massive, and they haven't really done anything super impressive. I mean, the, the district final game, they won 16-13. Their last game, they won 13-12. So they're not putting up a ton of points, and that's dangerous against this Constantine team because, as we've seen, they can score in bunches. Very, very much so, and I, and I, I even think I want to see if their district title game came down to like a last, like a last drive or something like that. So I mean it. I mean this Cardinals, not the Cardinals, but the Falcons. As long as they can keep focused and not turn the ball over, this looks like it could be uh, Constantine playing in Detroit next weekend. That definitely has all the makings of that for sure. So good luck to the Falcons taking on, well, the one of the few teams left with, a, with the mascot Redskins, unless they've changed theirs, because most of the others are getting away from that. So. Yep. Uh, let's get on to Centerville. So the Bulldogs took on Sand Creek in Portage last weekend. We told you a little bit last week that I had gotten some insider information that they were dealing with. Centerville was dealing with some COVID stuff, and I think – they felt the repercussions of that in this game. They sneak out an 8 nothing win. Um, everything I've gathered from my sources, they had several players who didn't get to practice much because they had to quarantine because of contact tracing. So, you know, when you don't play for almost two months and then you have like six or seven guys on a 23-man roster who can't practice, you're going to be pretty rusty. But the Bulldogs got it done 8 nothing. Um, you know, obviously a defensive struggle. Yeah. And I mean, that's, and that's pretty much what we've, we've come to know this, this 
2020, I guess you could say even dash 2021 Centerville football team that their defense is just, it's stout. I mean, it's just nasty. Um, they've only given up 29 total points all season. Um, and in the second half, uh, against Sand Creek, they only gave up 23 total yards. Um, Sam Todd again is proving to be the leader. Uh, of this team, uh, he amassed 188 of their 237 total yards. So, I mean, if if Centerville's quest for a state title, it, I mean, it, it's going to have to run through Sam Todd in that defense. Yeah, well, I mean, I know, like I said, I know some individuals from over there, and it's just, I mean, this is their sixth shutout in nine games. That's impressive no matter what level it's at. And everything I've gathered from is these they've just got a bunch of kids that are big and fast. And when you're big and fast at Division Eight, it's its hard to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So Lane had a little bit of a teaser at this earlier, but we got some breaking news while we were recording the podcast. So Centerville's opponent for the semifinal game was Clarkston Everest private school over by Detroit who was currently 10 and 0 undefeated and really been rolling some teams and looked like it was going to be a pretty formidable challenge for the Bulldogs. Unfortunately for the Mountaineers, they had a positive COVID test today in the mandated testing and they have to forfeit the game. So as you're listening to this, the news is already breaking and you probably already know, but Centerville basically has now got a free pass to the state final game. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you've got to feel bad for this Clarkson team um, to to come this far and go through all this adversity to now have a COVID case right before your big game. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, congratulations to Centerville. This is going to give you a great opportunity to get rested up and to to study up on who you're going to be playing. Uh, and that's either going to be, uh, I, I, I always say, ugly or ugly. It's ugly. Ugly. Or uh, Johannesburg Lewiston, which Jordan and I, you and I talked about it. Uh, Johannesburg sounds like a pretty tough team. Yep. That, if I had to mind make my pick, I think you'd be that Johannesburg team. But, uh, you know, the, I think the best thing out of this might be Centerville gets to practice. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't get to practice, and now they don't have that. Now it's just more practice, more practice. But the hardest part of that is now you got to keep these kids away from everybody. Mm-hmm. So you don't get this positive COVID, and you don't have the same thing that just happened to this Clarkston team. So we said at the beginning of the year, this Centerville team looked like they were destined for great things. And from what we're understanding, unless something changes, it sounds like they have a date with Detroit. Yeah, we have one game, one more game, and Centerville brings home their first ever state title. So that's yep. that's that's stinking awesome, man. I'm I'm yep. pumped for these kids. Yeah, there's there's some there's some real talent on this team, and it, it's I'm I'm hoping it pays off for them. So let's hope they can keep keep away from the Rona, get their practice in, and get ready to to win a state title game next week. Yes, sir. So what do you think? Do we have anything else with this to touch on, or did we pretty much cover it all? No, I think we, we pretty much covered it. Do you uh you want to just go ahead and roll into and uh, talk a little bit about your boy Jimmy Harbaugh? Oh boy, I guess. Let's 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 just do it. We won't even take a break. We can we can roll right into this and do it. All right. So for all of you that are living under a rock and don't already know, Jim Harbaugh has signed an extension after a what seems like decade-long saga of drawn-out conclusions and thoughts and theories and conspiracies, and I just feel like we're we're living in somebody's story that they're writing, just and it's a, some cruel, evil thing. But it's over. The contract is signed. The ink is dry. Everything is good. And all things considered, this contract is a home run win for the University of Michigan. So Jim Harbaugh essentially bets on himself with this contract as well. So it's a five-year extension with a base, his base salary and compensations total about $4 million a year up to four and a half per year, which is half of what his previous contract was. If for any of you that know, that's one of the big gripes about Jim Harbaugh. He's one of the highest paid coaches in college football, and he's not turning out the results. Well, with this contract and his base salary, he is no longer. So, Lane, question for you again. 
Where do you think Jim Harbaugh's contract ranks him amongst Division One football coaches? Base salary, so the $4 million base salary, where do you think he falls? So are you saying, like, I guess what, is, I guess what are we ranking this through? Like are we so the Nick Nick Saban's the highest paid at ten million a year. Harbaugh's getting four million. Where do you think he falls in that line of one through one seventeen? What 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 number do you think he is with his with his salary? I'm gonna go about thirty four. He is thirty second highest Damn paid it. coach in college football. So close. Yeah, he is getting paid on the same level as Indiana's Tom Allen and Illinois's Brett Bielema. Okay. That's where this contract falls. Now, the part of this contract that is Jim Harbaugh betting on himself is the compensations and the bonuses for performance. So, and these are different, these are the same every year, but this is what he gets if he achieves these uh, goals. So, if he wins coach of the year in the Big Ten, $50,000. National Coach of the Year, $75,000. Big Ten East Outright Championship, half a million. Big Ten Championship, one million. New Year's Six Bowl Game, $200,000. College Football Playoff Semifinal, half a million. National Championship, a million. So that bonus comes out to almost three and a half million. So if he were to achieve everything, let's say go undefeated, run the table, win a national title, he would still make less in a year than what he was making last season. That's why I say this contract was a home run hit for Ward Manual. The best part about this contract for the University of Michigan is the buyouts on it. And I'm trying to find it. Here we go. So the buyouts by year for the university. So if Michigan wants to fire Harbaugh first year, it's $4 million. Following year, $3 million, $2 million, $1 million, and then the last year of his contract, there's no buyout. It's zero. Jim Harbaugh, if he wants to leave, $2 million, and zero. Those buyout numbers rank in the 80th for buyouts for Division I programs. Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan, his buyout is less than the head coach at North Texas. Wow. I don't even know his name, but North Texas has to pay their coach more money to go away than Michigan would if they wanted to. Wow. This contract is 100% telling me that two things. Jim Harbaugh wants to be at Michigan and is just going to bet on himself, or he had no other options in the NFL and nobody was calling. Because why would you take a contract that's half and you basically have no security if that wasn't the case? That's kind of along the lines I'm at. I think the NFL wasn't as prominent as everybody thought it was going to be. And I think Michigan said, all right, well, you really the performance. No, granted, don't get me wrong. He's 49 and 22 in six years, 34 and 16 in Big Ten play. That's Those are good numbers. That's those They're are- a lot better than what was there before him. Exactly. But like you said, it's Harbaugh betting on himself and it's Michigan saying, hey, if this guy decides to bolt to the NFL, we're not that deep in. And if we decide to let him go, we're not going to be hurting that much. So, I mean, I I think that's a win win for the university. Now, while this is a five year contract, in my mind, it's a one year extension, because if in 2021 for what, what happens next season, will 100% dictate the future of this program. Mm-hmm. If Michigan goes 8-4, and four, <clears throat> something like that again, he's gone. 100% guaranteed he will be fired immediately. I have no doubt about that in my mind. If he can get to that 10-2, and 11-1, and one, and he's going into that Ohio State game where he's actually playing for a Big Ten title or a shot at a Big Ten title, then I think you see him stick around. But – I think 2021 is put up or shut up. It's either you get to 10, 11 wins or you're gone. I think it's fair. And I think this contract sets up perfectly to do that on both sides. It really does. The only negative thing I have to say about the contract is I think it just took way too long. But in my mind, that's probably Jim stretching it out, trying to find a better option. Mm-hmm. 
So with all that said, Jim Harbaugh's the coach. 2021 is going to have to be a put up or shut up year. And he's already, it's already started. Um, he's, he's after his staff now. There's already been several guys told they're gone. Obviously we know Don Brown's been fired and been rehired already somewhere else. Uh, ben McDaniels, the quarterback's coach, is gone. Mike Zordich, the cornerback coach, is gone. Bob Shoup, the safeties coach, is gone. Um, it sounds like Ed Warner, the offensive line coach, will be back. It sounds like Josh Gaddis is still back. Um, the only name that they don't really have a decision on yet that I'm hearing is Sean Newell, the defensive line coach, the new defensive coordinator, who we'll talk about here in just a minute. Is, would be would have final say there. He will interview Nua, and it will be his decision if he wants to keep him or move on. Uh, before we get to the defensive coordinator, there has been one other hire signed officially. All the Sparty fans may want to close their ears because this man is probably the most hated man in East Lansing. I hate this man with the fiery He is, he is the reason that Michigan State is called little brother. He is the school's all-time leading rusher. One and only Mike Hart is coming back to be the running backs coach at Michigan. Um, I don't think we need to even talk about the rivalry part of it. I mean, Michigan State hates him. He hates them. I think that's great for the program. I think this program has lost that hatred a little bit, and it needs to have that back. Um, Mike Hart mm -hmm. has made his way through the ranks with Eastern and Western and Syracuse and then Indiana, he's been an excellent recruiter and he's developed talent. I love this hire. I think it's an excellent hire. He's like I said, he's a guy that knows the rivalry and knows the hatred and he's going to be good at recruiting. So I love it. It's, it's a great start to the coaching change shakeup that needs to happen. You have anything else you want to say about Mike Hart or are you just going to let that roll? No, I, I just hate the man, so I'm good. Uh, so the other news, coaching-wise, at the staff, it's not dried in ink and paper and everything, but everybody's reporting it. I mean, the NFL guys are reporting it. It sounds like Michigan's new defensive coordinator will be Mike McDonald from the Baltimore Ravens, currently the linebackers coach for the Ravens, uh, former Georgia GA, young guy. I think he's only like 33 or 34 uh, everything that people say about him is he is a brilliant mind, young, up-and-coming guy. Sounds like he was strongly being considered for some, some defensive coordinator jobs in the NFL. And that's why John kind of floated him out to Jim and said, hey, maybe take a look at this because I think I'm going to lose him anyways. And that's it sounds like that's the direction they're going. It's interesting. Never been a play caller. Never, never ran his own defense. But – Everything you read about him and everything that anybody says from any circle is that he is just a brilliant defensive mind. So I don't know. Which is, which is something I feel like you've sorely been missing in Michigan at Michigan for, for yeah, better so part of the one thing that, and I, I don't remember who it was. Actually, it might've been Sam Webb said, and he brought up a comparison and it's actually really good. Um, Look at what Ohio State did last year. So their defense struggled the year before in the 18 season. That Ohio State defense struggled. And, and they made some changes, and they hired Jeff Halfley from the NFL. Young guy, never been a coordinator, but was revered as a great defensive mind. He came in, the 2019 Ohio State defense was light years better made huge strides, and he parlayed that into a head coaching job at Boston College. And then what happens happens. It almost feels like this is that same kind of move. You're taking a shot on a guy that people are high on, that is young, inventive. And the one thing about McDonald that I think is a benefit is he faced Lamar Jackson every day in practice. So he's seen yeah. the best of the best yeah. in mobile quarterbacks. And college is more about a mobile quarterback than even the NFL is. So he's going to have some ideas in, in how to stop that, which is something any Michigan fan knows we have struggled with throughout the years. So we'll see what that hire comes back to. We don't know for sure. There's still a lot more staff shakeups to happen. But I would say so far I'm pleased with the staff hirings. 
Um, I'd like to see him get, I'd like to see Baltimore lose this weekend so that contract can get done and we can get back on the recruiting trail and get some of these recruits that are out there signed up quick. But the, the coaching carousel is spinning full circle in Ann Arbor for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, I mean, season's done, but we're already, I mean, in all reality, you're only a few weeks away from, from spring games and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's sure. coming quick. So I think, I mean, I could ramble on about coaching in Michigan stuff all day, but we won't bore you with that. I think with that, I, we can probably shut this thing down. Lane, did you have any more or should we just go ahead and wrap up? No, I think we, we're good to wrap up. I uh, just wanted to thank you guys again for tuning in to us for another week. Like we said, we had a little family stuff come up this week. So we, uh, we took a little bit of a late recording this week, but thank you guys again, like I said, for listening. Uh, thank you to Watershed Voice. If you guys haven't yet, please take a look at Watershed Voice. Um, they've also got a, just a large, diverse grouping of podcasts. Um, they have the Unapologetics podcast, Screen Tea. So if you, if you like movies, if you like kind of some of these different movies out there or more indie films, Screen Tea is a great podcast for you. If you're into the Marvel Universe, Check out I Can Marvel All Day with Hoagie and Shan. Um, and then keep your voice down with Alec and Doug just returned this past week. Um, and they were kind of break down all the current events in the world that are happening at nationally and locally. Um, just a really good group podcast. So we've, they've got everything. Um, and just again, if you haven't yet, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um it's a it's a crazy world right now um i think more than anything if you can take some time and you can talk to each other i mean look at jordan and me one's a spartan one's a wolverine but we can come together every week we can shoot the shit and we can talk sports we can laugh and just have a good hang and i think the world needs a heck of a lot more of that right now. i couldn't agree more so so i so with that i i don't have anything else i hope you guys stay safe and we'll talk to you guys soon go blue green Time